Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, okay, quiet. That's enough. This is a podcast by my dad and my uncle. They talk a lot about music. Like, a lot. A lot. So please sit back and enjoy. I think they are going to start in about 14 seconds. Hi there, and welcome to another edition of BG's Broken Records. My name is Bob. I'm Gare. And we are coming to you live, but pre-recorded, on battery power, because a monsoon just rolled through Detroit a couple nights ago and knocked out 3,000 power lines. Seriously, 3,000. we got to bury these things. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> Let's put them underground. The stuff, you know, trees won't fall off. Well, they do that with new subdivisions, but the older, more mature subdivisions, screw you guys, you're on your own. Look, are you telling me i got to act mature? Yes, exactly. Shh, forget that noise. Okay, so here we are. We're coming to you number 16. Yes. I like it. And we are today going to talk about what? Record labels. Nobody thinks about record labels, but they're huge very, impo- very important, and when you get a little history on a few of them, you're going to be amazed. Before we go into anything, Gare, we've been getting some feedback from people who listen to us, right? Absolutely. We're getting a lot of texts from the people who have our phone numbers, which is great. We've received a couple of emails, which is very exciting. Through the BG Broken Record email address. Exactly, which we are going to have, <laughs> which we're going to have posted uh, on this link. But what's the biggest news of the week? What do you think? We are now being distributed via Apple Podcasts. So you can share our podcast on Spotify or you can share it on Apple. So I think that is totally killer. I was going to say kick ass, but I didn't want to swear. That's a high five for that one, Bob. There we go. Yes, sir. So we're in on that. Very cool. That was my big one. I guess I don't have anything else on that one. Here's the R.I.P. You ready for the R.I.P.? Yes. The drummer from Spinal Tap, Mick Shrimpton, Mm. the last drummer who exploded on his drum kit, dead. Sorry. Rest in peace. I can't remember what his real original name is, but he won't be uh, he won't be joining him in the remake of Spinal Tap that Guest, Shearer and McKean are doing with Rob. Now, again. Uh, ADD Shiny Penny, Harry <laughs> Shear was just on Howard. Guess how many voices he does oh, on, on, the Simpsons? on The Simpsons? Six. Howard said to him, what do you do, like 10? He goes, I do 30. And he's Jeez. like, roll through them. And he rolled through some characters I don't even know. He does pretty much. Who, who did Mark Farner? I, <laughs> I think it was Mark Farner. Oh, wait a minute. Try the liver. I'm here all week, right? I don't have a lot of facts on uh, stupid stuff. Oh, I do have one more. Yes. So episode number six, we talked about rock and roll memorabilia. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, I said, people are going to ask what's the most expensive one. And it was the porcelain statue of Michael Jackson with bubbles. Life size. Right. Right? Right. Number two was the acoustic guitar that was modded by Kurt Cobain that was played on the MTV Unplugged set. $4.5 million. Didn't Frances Bean just sell that? Wasn't that? No, she just sold what the, did she? the uh, I think it was a Fender Mustang blue with two white stripes on it. I can't remember if it was Sotheby's or Christie's 
four and a half million. Not bad. I just I caught a clip that she just sold something, but okay. So so as we were talking about with the Courtney Love thing a couple episodes ago, you know the daughter gets all the stuff, and that's great. I think it's fantastic. Who bought the guitar? Who cares? Man, that's four and a half million. You know, there's got to be tax ramifications on that. How do you hundred percent? How do you figure that one out? Because Ted Nugent didn't did an auction. He auctioned off. I had a link to it. I was I was. I was abroad when this link was going on or the auction was going on and he had like, he only had like 15 guitars, but he had a thousand pistols or bows or rifles. And Ted Nugent plays my, when I take guitar lessons, when I turn 60, I'm going to get a bird. <laughs> I'm going to get a Birdland. He's got a lot of, them. I, those are the cool. And, and you know, you, you take a look at who plays Birdlands, everyone from, from Ted to it's some, a jazz, it's a jazz some, guitar, some of the biggest jazz yeah, guys. Yeah. It, I think that is the coolest guitar out there. Yeah, he's eating them up, though. I mean, he's. I wouldn't even know how. I, I saw somewhere on, on the web one time, I don't think it was supposed to be posted, but I saw a picture of like 50 of his guitars. Oh, my God. I mean, I thought Playboy in 76 was hot. These guitars were smoking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's got... Uh, I saw that when that auction thing came up. Yeah, yeah. it was guns, knives, uh, not as many guitars. You're absolutely no, right as you wasn't. thought. Um, but yeah, he's and he, of course he's keeping his choice. Good stuff. Couple. So, but he put up a a, a 57 Les Paul and a 58 mm -hmm. Les Paul that he bought. I, I can guarantee for like 750 bucks in 1976 because they oh. weren't selling for shit. Of course. And he bought it from I don't know where he bought it from, but. It, it went for like a quarter of a million dollars, but I found out that they never got purchased. Somebody bit him up, never got purchased. Really? So he still got them, I think. Okay, I digress. We've covered auctions. We've covered uh, drummers from Spinal Tap. We've covered Kurt Cobain's guitar. Gare, do we have any supporters today? Oh, absolutely, Bob. For all your alarm needs, call Point Alarm uh, and ask for Gary. Yes, that's me. 313-410-8823. Alarm systems, cameras, anything you need. Call so, me. So I sent a note to a buddy the other day. I said, oh, I'm getting some work done on my alarm from Gross Point Alarm. Or Point Alarm, not Gross Point Alarm. Point yeah. Alarm. And she said, and they've got, a, they've got an office in uh, Troy. She's like, oh, we use those guys too. Yeah. I, I, we're everywhere. Everywhere. Just because it's point with an e, e doesn't mean we don't cross Woodward, okay? Okay, so we're talking about record labels here. So I, I, I'm just going to, just for fun, let's blow out a couple of them. Let's just see what the names of them are. You've got Casablanca, okay? You've got you've got Apple. Chrysalis. Atco, all that old stone stuff. Um, you've got EMI. Mm -hmm. You've got... Uh, Atlantic. Atlantic. Capital. A&M. And then you've got, which a couple of my favorites are, SST, mm -hmm. IRS, but just a sh epic. Epic's another one. SST, not to be confused with the child toy, SSP. P, which is a great pull toy. <laughs> well, you can laugh into the mic. Here. I just, I make myself <laughs> laugh. <laughs> no, seriously, having a laughter on the mic when you're listening to this thing makes other people I was laugh. laughing like a mime there for a minute. <laughs> Nothing coming out. <laughs> Can't do that. Can't do that. So since we're recording near my record collection, mm. I was going through it to prepare for this because I think for us, some of the visuals are pretty cool. Now, I did come across a couple of things. Let me reach down. 
Gary, I think I took these from you in college. Here's your yes, pen. I've been looking for this jailbreak thin, Lizzie. Yep. And I finally found... Oh. And, and your bad company. And be- <laughs> I, I really do think they're yours. Dude, I can't tell you how many years I'd say to Pam, where in the hell... I. <laughs> And I, and I said to Pam, you hit it, right? Because, oh, does my wife not like any of this kind of music? Oh. Well, I was getting a little... Now, give them back, because I know you don't have a turntable set up. So give those right back to keep, me. <laughs> keep an eye on those for the next 20 years, okay? I'll, I'll hold on to them for a bit. When, when I, we talked about doing the record labels, I thought I, thought I want to do SST, because I love Black Flag, and we were talking about a lot about punk recently. And then I wanted to do IRS, because... When I started getting into the uh, uh, like kind of the punk new wave stuff way back in the day, mm-hmm. IRS was everywhere. They they were the shit everywhere. Yep. And then A and M because I love Humble Pie and I just love the fact that Herb Albert's Herb worth Al- eight hundred million dollars. Herb Albert. Herb Albert. I am still blown away when I read that, and it was just like eight hundred, like eight hundred million dollars, right? And that's not from the Tijuana Brass Records. But who didn't like the Tijuana Brass album with the girl and the whipped cream all over? Called Whipped Cream and Other Delights? Thank you. Okay, their best their best album called Foresider. Why is it called that? Double album. <laughs> I get it. I've got it. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Maybe we'll play it later. Maybe it's on CD, though. Who are we touching on first? Chrysalis? We can do Chrysalis first. Go Chrysalis. Chrysalis, founded in 1968 by a guy by the name of Chris Wright and Terry Ellis. I don't know. No idea who they are. Do you you think they merged the uh, name together to get Chrysalis? You think? I don't know. And basically the status, they're still an independent record company in the UK and Europe, owned by Reservoir Media Management. It's distributed in the US and and, and, and Canada. Catalogs include Ramones, Robbie Williams, Belinda Carlisle. We can go through a list. Gen X. Gen X. Who's um, this? Oh, Fun Boy Three. Fun Boy Three, which melded melded into melted melded melded melted, uh, okay. melded into melted into uh, the color field. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. But look, look at this: starring Terry Hall, Neville Staples, da da da, co-starring Bananarama, and there's the girls. Terry Hall, Colorfield. Didn't know. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, you want to tap your toe? Robert De Niro's waiting. Awesome. Awesome tune. Bananarama, oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome tune. And one of the girls from Bananarama was, Bananarama. Yeah. was married to who? Um, Don't know. Dave Stewart of the Arrhythmics. I believe they're really? divorced now, but sure. So two of them are, are, are touring right now as Bananarama, and I don't know which two it is. So that's my show and tell for Chrysalis. So Chrysalis, just to go through, I've got a list here. And there's some funny bands here, Bob, that were on Chrysalis. I mean, things like Art of Noise, Tony Basil, talked about her in an earlier podcast. Okay, hold on. Time out, time out. So I made a comment at a party on Saturday night, which got us, I think, three more listeners. Yes! Exactly. So (laughs) I, I made a comment about what I think is the one of the... No, actually, I think I said it was the biggest one-hit wonder, and that was Mickey, Tony Basil. I'm at the grocery asking the guy for boneless chicken or whatever. Mickey comes on. My knees are going back and forth. I'm dancing at the Everybody's dancing in line, and they don't know why. Oh, my. 
that, that, that tune is so recognizable. Okay, go, Tony Basil. Uh, again, I'm just running all over the board here. Pat Benatar, uh, Blondie, uh, Belinda Carlisle, The Color Field, who Spando we just, Ballet. just mentioned, Mickey Dolan, Solo Career, yeah. uh, Divinals. One of my favorites, Rory Gallagher. Rory Gallagher. So underrated and so forgotten about. Is the a Pride blues of guitar- Ireland. Oh, as a blues guitarist. Gen X, you just mentioned. House Martins. Did you know Ian Hunter was on Chrysalis? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ice House, Billy now Idol. Now you mentioned it, yeah. Uh, Tall, Joan Jett, Elvin Lee. Okay, Ice House. Stop. Always a fan. Love those guys. Always a fan. I've got a, I've got a vinyl downstairs, and I've got a CD of one of their albums Love that stuff. You know what? I was thinking about that when I was picking up the medicine for Joey. Joey the dog. You can laugh into the mic. It's funny. (laughs) Hey, look, everyone. Well, you said Joey. I call him Joe. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. And I was thinking about Ice House, which I usually do when I'm in the pharmacy line at Costco. Of course. Their stuff is not. Their their stuff isn't like perfect like a like a um, it's not style it's not hooky it's it it has a hook it, it has a hook but not hook e if that makes any sense yeah I th- audience please give us feedback okay uh i love those guys go house martins i said that uh elvin lee huey lewis in the news sinead o'connor i will say this you go back to her first and second album not bad could have been nuts then but there's there's some there was some real talent there. Not anymore. But okay, just to make sure, I always reference Kiss. Who else is on Chrysalis? The Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Correct, and also For, former guitar player for Kiss. Right, but there's uh, a cover band called Kiss This, which was also on Chrysalis. Um, Cozy Powell, uh, Procaharum. Ten years after. Uh, Ramones. Love, love Ten Years After, The Pride of Nottingham, England. Love them. Saw Elvin Lee solo, 82. We I talked about did. that I earlier. Yep, yep, Leo yep. Sayer, you... Bob, except in the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> Spandau Ballet. Uh, did you hear... That album, True, is an awesome album. But did you hear um, that right now, so it's the lead singer from Spandau Ballet... Nick Mason, David Gilmore, uh, and I think maybe one other dude from Floyd, and they're playing Floyd tunes with the blessing of Roger Waters. Bull. And Bull. The, they're coming to either Masonic or the Fox, and crappy tickets are $200 a piece. <sighs> you know what? I can buy bad. Got to be under a, under a hundo for bad seats. Yeah, that, I, I would go see that. I'm going to see Clapton in a week Ooh. at LCA. Nice. That should be pretty good. Uh, Stiff Little Fingers, good old punk band there. Uh, Robin Trower, Bob, your favorite, Uriah Heep. John Waite, The Water Boys, World Party. Uh, Bunch of bands, tons of bands. I, okay, so I would, when, when we looked at this, I was so surprised how many were on the roster? UFO. Uh, Every UFO. UFO. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is Europe on here? That's pretty amazing. And then we're going to dive into IRS records. Now, here's a little bit of show and tell. One of their most popular Ooh. recorders right there, R.E.M. R.E.M. second album, which was absolutely awesome. Let's, let's give a uh, read. Rolling Stone, number one, best new group 
Best New Album, 1983 Critics Poll. Hmm. Village Voice, Murmur, number two album, 1983, Nationwide Critics Poll. Nice. Okay. What else you got in there? This is IRS Greatest Hits, Volume 2 and 3. They didn't put out a Volume 1. You had that in college, didn't you? Oh, totally. Yeah, I remember looking at this. Dude, that album is awesome. Now, I do want to point out on here, if anybody out there knows who Clark Kent is, does anybody know who Clark Kent is? I remember hearing it from I have you. His, I have his 10-inch EP. It is phenomenal. Of course you do. Listen, somebody find Clark Kent, listen to him, send us an email, and you tell me who the singer is, okay? This thing is solid from 1981. It's a great album. So everybody out there, well, not everyone out there, IRS Records, founded by Miles Copeland the yep. third. Parents, uh, dad was from Alabama, Mom was mom was a, a Scottish uh, archaeologist. Had a brother who played in a fairly successful band. Uh, the Police, Stuart, Stuart Copeland. I am going to say I will go out on a limb on this one. I think he's he's could be one of the greatest drummers of all time. So all time. underrated, all time. And I'm talking like Buddy Rich. Totally agree. Neil Perth. Um, <laughs> you know, and all those guys who get all these acclimates. Yep. Accolades. Sorry, acclimates. Guys, Same I was thing. up from two to four this morning. But I, 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 I totally agree. Hang on. I got to go back to this IRS Greatest Hits, volumes two and three. Just reading through here, The Damned, The Stranglers, The Cramps, John Kill, Jules Holland, uh, The Fall. I like The Fall. Dude, Jules Holland sells uh, plays Royal Albert all the time. Buzzcocks, and then your favorite, Oingo Boingo. Hmm. Oh, remember that episode a couple, a couple yeah, episodes? Uh, and I, I got tr- it. I got it. Okay. I got I, the only good... Uh, even the male person who is female, if I'm allowed to say that, knew who Oingo Boingo was. I looked at her and I'm like, because she hands me the records. I got the two Cure records, like I said I was going to get. Then I got the Oingo Boingo. She's like, wow. I'm like, you know Oingo Boingo? She's like, of course I do. Danny Elfman? I was like... How old is this gal? She's younger than us. Okay. And again, as I said it in a previous, Danny Elfman, super talented guy. I just, I only go boingo, just nah. IRS, Suburban Lawns. I think that album sucks. Dude, you had some depth when I met Cramps, right Did you steal this from me? No, I didn't steal it. No, I bought the Cramps. All right, because I had this album too. Okay. Buzzcocks. Orgasmatic. Buzzcocks. Are but Buzzcocks are? Do they ever hit the road? Are they still? They're, they're done. Pete Shelley died, twenty eighteen. Oh, okay. I saw him twice. I tried to figure out what years I saw him at St Andrews Hall. I think it was 04, maybe in ninety nine. I'm not sure. Were they bringing it still? Freaking awesome! Huh? They had the chainsaw guitar going. It was such a great show. You want to clear a party out? Here's the album right here. What does generic flipper sound like? You had that. Did you have yeah, that album? No. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bought did this we, in 84. Did we ever spin it's it? A, it's a band called Flipper, and the album is called Generic. Did we spin? Did There's a ever... seven and a half minute song on here called Sex Bomb Baby, My Baby, Oh Yeah. And I just told you all the lyrics. Seven and a half minutes. Doug would get so pissed off when I would play that. It was brilliant. IRS Records. Hey, Ma- who Ma- put in Mountain Jam again <laughs> on the jukebox? Who paid 75 cents to get that one going? So Miles Copeland started it. He actually got a little help from uh, Jerry Moss from A&M Records to start the IRS division. Oh, really? Yep. 
IRS Records sponsored the monthly MTV show called IRS Records Presents the Cutting Edge, which I'm pretty sure morphed into 120 Minutes. 120 Minutes was a good show. Was it was a great show. Replacements used to play on there. Yeah. Paul Westerberg too. So, you know, they had they they had some, you know, ups and downs, but I mean, here's the roster. Alarm, Bangles, Berlin, Black Sabbath. Really? Yeah, I got to find this one out. I don't, I don't know how that makes any sense. Sure that's not a typo. Well, it's two words right there. Look. <laughs> Bu- a Black and Sabbath. Buzzcocks, JJ Kale, Candyman, Belinda Carlisle, Concrete Blonde, Stuart Copeland, Cramps, Marilyn. I can't figure that one out. The Damned, DKs, Dead Kennedys. They're, re- they're re-releasing Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables 2022 Remix. That's right. I've got it on pre-order right now. And then is it time to hit the road again? <laughs> oh, Jello? He's not going to go out. Um, there's some Part of the band's out doing something. It's probably just a drummer. Like, like uh, Jerry Shirley from Humble Pie. You're not Humble Pie. Well, I'm the drummer. Wait a minute. You're retired. Oh, yeah. Well, I own the name to the band, so I just lease right. it out. Right. The Fall, Fine Young Cannibals, Flesh Tones, Lex Active, Oingo Boingo, R.E.M., Renaissance. So tons of bands. And then they had... Let's Active, Mitch Easter. I had that album. Great album. Their first album. So IRS Record released three albums that have been certified platinum or as multi-platinum for sales over a million units by the uh, RIAA, Beauty and the Beat by the Go-Go's. Great album. Great album. Great album. Document by R.E.M., 1987. Great album. Raw and the Cooked by Fine Young Cannibals. Awesome album. 89. Seven additional albums have been certified gold for sales of over uh, 500,000 copies. Here we go with R.E.M. Murmur, 83. Reckoning, 84. Fables of the Reconstruction, 85. Life was Pageant, 86. Uh, Vacation by the Go-Go's. Belinda by Belinda Carlisle. And Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde. I wonder if that was the one with Joey on it. The song. Oh, not a bad song. Great tune. I, and, and, I, I, that's another tune I'll never turn off. And being a big REM fan, uh, Fables of the Reconstruction was an album that kind of got panned by the critics. That's got Driver 8 on it, and I think it is one of their best albums, if I can throw my two cents in. Great IRS, album. Great album. IRS put together a compilation in 1994, and in case you wanted the U.S. release, song number four, The Future's So Bright, I Gotta Wear Shades by Tim Buck Three. Stop. I know. Those Stop. guys sucked. And then the last record label, SST. So I know SST because of Black Flag. I'm a big Black Flag fan. Greg Ginn, the guitar player, started it in 19... Actually, he started it in 66 at the age of 12 as solid state tuners. Wait a minute. What was he sitting in his garage? Hey, look, look. How long you been in show business? I was one. (laughs) Come on. Are you talking about the Osmonds again? Right. Okay. Started 12 is when he first went to Kmart and got a guitar. A small business through which he sold electronic equipment. And he repurposed the company's record label and released material by his band Black Flag. I saw Flag three times. Very cool. Never saw him. Number one, I'm going in with Pat. We're going down to the Madison Theater. Okay. 84. There's nothing going on in Detroit in 84. Turn the lights out when you leave. It was in in Do you remember how many theaters were in Detroit because of the 20s and the oh 100%. Hundreds of them. Hun- Detroit's the only town that has turned a theater, the Michigan, into a parking garage, right? You ever been in there? No. It's it, unreal. I bet. But again, only Detroit would do that and you had the Madison, you had the Fox, 
You had Masonic thank, Temple, the uh, Adams. Hey, th- thank God for Mike Illich, who owned Domino's Pizza, Detroit Tigers, yep. and, the, and the Detroit Red Wings. He saved. He saved the Fox. And, and I saw the clash there before he rebuilt it. So I, I think it was the... No, it, that was... Where the hell did I see the clash this third time? I think it was the Fox before he had redone it. It was a dump, but Strummer said, turn the lights up. Because this place is gorgeous. Do you remember? Because I saw REM. I saw the Smiths. Do you remember all the busted seats and ripped seats? It was awful. It was an absolute mess. But you walked into that lobby and you were still like, oh my God, why doesn't someone fix this place up? The money they put into that right now, it's an absolutely gorgeous place. And where's the sister theater for the Fox? St. Louis. Thank you. You're welcome. Hail, hail, rock and roll. There you go. The movie. That's right. Chuck Berry, 1986. Great. We saw done, it in Kalamazoo. Done by Keith Richards. Yeah, great movie. Still like that story. So uh, when you were younger and you met Chuck uh, Chuck Berry, he was warming up for you in the Stones. Keith, what? We Yeah, I was all excited. He walked off stage. I said, hey, I'm Keith Richards. And he punched me in the chest and kept going. <laughs> That's Chuck. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. That's Chuck. You got my money. Right. <laughs> so SST Records, Ginn started it mostly as a way to release the records for uh, Black Flag. But but what I thought was great was he released stuff by the Minutemen, Husker Du, the Meat Puppets, Soundgarden, Sonic Youth, and Dinosaur Jr. Now, if I recall correctly, Sonic Youth, Soundgarden, and all those guys, and the, the later guys, reclaimed their rights because they said basically that SST was just a stoner record label and they never got any money and they couldn't figure anything out and blah, 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 No, because you were too stupid and didn't negotiate correctly. Yeah. Can I do my Minutemen quote? We're the Minutemen and you suck. Yeah. Love that. Great quote. Look at this. Who's going do New Day Rising? Oh, that now is, we're talking. That album is like... Num- it's, it's, it's a buzzsaw. Yeah, and, and we'll be touching upon Bob Mould... Uh, shortly, not in this episode, but uh, yeah. This and, we'll, was... and we'll touch on Black Flag, too, in that same episode, Correct. but that's coming up. Circle <laughs> So here's an SST compilation called The Blasting Concept, which has got some early flag with the original singers. As Greg Ginn said, Henry Rollins, it's not his band. He's singer number four. Wow. That was it. I tell you, though, put him on the map. It, it's to- what it to- Totally put him on so the map. Flag, Who's Do, Puppets, Meat Men, Stains. Yeah, I don't know about those guys. Overkill, Worm, W. We played this a couple weeks ago. Secret Hate. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. It's actually not a bad record. Vegetables dancing. That's funny. And the only reason I brought it out is because if you look at here, special thanks to Spot, who used to do work for Black Flag. And then you've got here's those Black Flag albums. Best album art ever. Flag's album art. Pettibun. You know who he is? I've heard the name. Greg Ginn's brother. He changed his last name to do the artwork. Nice. But, I mean, they're bizarre album covers. They're great. I mean, <laughs> oh, my, where's my Slip It In album? It's not here. That's a great album. But SST Records, uh, they, they got sued. Black Flag couldn't release any records from 1981 to 1984. Really? Um, because they had an, uh, somebody who was going to release them. Lawsuit. So in 1984, they put out, I think it was Loose Nut. They put out four albums in one year, and they started going into a sludgy kind of a medley type mm-hmm. of type of mm-hmm. sound. So, oh, I think it was "Slip It In," "Slip It In," "Loose Nut," "My War," and then I think the next year they did uh, "In My Head." But even the guys like uh, um, Queens of the Stone Age, 
Chris, I think K R Y U S S Chris mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. on all those bands who and I bet you Fu Manchu. Oh sure. I mean, talk about heavy when we saw those guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> heavy. We were Pontiac for that. Yeah, we were in Pontiac at that that tiny little, that little theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a great cool. theater. Great so, T-shirt. Great T-shirt. Saw Government Mule there. So SST just kind of faded away. I think they were instrumental in the punk rock movement. Hundred percent. We'll talk about them a little later in, a, in an episode down the road because I want to talk more about Black Flag because in, in in the shows that I saw. So that's what we've got, you guys. It's been thirty minutes and thirty eight seconds. I know you've already hit the subscribe button. I know you've Please. already hit follow. Yes. And I know you've already figured out two people to forward this to either via Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Yes and yes. So if you could do that for us, that'd be great. Anybody who knows who Clark Kent is, send us an email at bgbroken, B-R-O-K-N, 867 at gmail.com, and we will respond if you're right or wrong. And if you're right, you get a BG's t-shirt. We got to make them first. I know, but this will force us to make them when they win. Oh, geez. Oh, actually, we got a couple from uh, Lenny and uh, Jim. They won XLs. Oh, you show me that, yeah. Because we got I, re- we we got a reply from the uh, covers. I got a source for us. <laughs> yeah, I got a guy. So I got a guy too, and he might listen to this. So I can't go anywhere else, folks. That's all I've got time for today. I might need a beer. Are Are we good? I, I'm good. You good? All right. See ya. Okay. Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs>